Who are your friends? Who do you speak to about love, life and everything else that entails? I'm Kirsty Fitzpatrick and I'm 20-something and this is my friend Jen Saderhelm. She's 40-something. Despite, or maybe in fact, of our 20-year age gap, we've come to seek each other out for advice and feedback. We're more connected than you think and that's why we've started this podcast, 2040, Celebrating Friendship Across Generations. Season 3, Episode 10, Reduce, Reuse, Recycle and Repurpose. Kirsty, I've added in one extra word in there today. So there's this woman in Canberra who has gone into a, a local Vinnie's and has seen a pair of shoes and she can tell they're glorious and she turns them over and they're Manolo Blahniks. I hope I've said that right because I don't obviously own a pair of these shoes. I never would have imagined to. Anyway, they're $35 and she's Googled them and they're the same shoes that What's her name? Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker wore in Sex and the City playing Carrie Bradshaw when she married Mr. Big. Which is amazing. And it's some found. And so she paid $35. She bought them because they were her size. She's probably never going to wear them because they've got killer heels on them. But they're worth about $1,700 if they're genuine. She doesn't know if they're authentic ones. But being Canberra, it's the kind of thing that might just be. Yeah, I kind of looked at them and thought that they looked pretty genuine. I mean, they had the brand kind of emblazoned in the shoe. So I thought they looked pretty legit. Anyway, the powerful part of the conversation that came out with this woman who is a wonderful lecturer at university, etc., is her... She talked about when she was growing up, she used to go to Vinnie's all the time and that there was shame associated with it at school around being that girl who bought things from Vinnie's and she'd experienced some homelessness in her life. So sometimes going to Vinnie's was the difference between having clothes and not. And there's a lot more to this around how we just recycle at home, but I have always been an op shopper Mm -hmm. and I've also experienced the shame around being an op shopper, even though it's one of the great joys of my life is picking up a bargain or dressing myself in something that's cost $5 rather than $200. I love that. I love the thrill of finding something like that. So I've always been a repurposer Mm -hmm. and which is why I wanted to have it in there or reuser. So I'm using it again a second time around, but not everyone feels like that. And I don't feel ashamed of it now. And my children don't feel ashamed of it, but I have. Right. Okay. Anyway, so I wanted to start with that because I wanted to ask you, are you an op shopper? No, not really. I've never really been a big op shopper, but really for the only reason that I find in op shops, really like any shops, my size is never there. So the size of clothing or shoes or whatever it is that I might be looking for is always the first to go. It's obviously one of the most popular. So I always struggle to find stuff. So when I go in and sort of have a wander around, I don't really, I don't really find what I'm looking for. But where I grew up in the Central West, there were two op shops, Vinnie's and the Red Cross, I think. And one of them was on like kind of a hidden back street, like behind some kind of car parks to a couple of supermarkets, but kind of in a back alleyway. And I just remember driving past a couple of times and the bins, like the the collection bins out the front or the drop-off bins were always overflowing and really messy. And that was kind of a bit of a put-off because I thought, oh, people are trying to do the right thing, but these products and clothing and whatnot aren't really being cared for. And the other one was this big old, I think it was an old cinema, this beautiful big old building that I went into a couple of times but it was it shut down like I don't think it is an op shop anymore so I think that's probably a big part of it a not being able to find stuff but then b kind of the facilities not really being inviting like and sort of not Mm. really knowing where they were well I think it's changed so much and I think they've also gotten to the point where they're so savvy about some of their products that they're charging almost what you pay for it new which is a deterrent 
but it's still the joy of the experience for me because they're really well managed. But that being said, I know that they get a lot of crap Mm -hmm. and the stuff that really should have gone in the bin, but people are lazy. And that brings me to the second thread of the conversation about what we put in the bin and what we could perhaps recycle or repurpose or something like that. And I've seen people who've done that whole year challenge where they try not to put anything in the bin. Yeah which is totally beyond me. And I sometimes I feel a bizarre shame over things that I put in the bin via laziness or something like that, particularly when it comes to my mother who's fanatical about recycling, etc. But I compost. I don't think I compost very effectively, yeah. but I'm doing all of those things that make me feel like an adult. And yeah. I know you said to me when we spoke last time that you're really big on it. So what do you do at home? My New Year's resolution in one of them for 2020 was to recycle better because I had a conversation with a work colleague who I was putting something in the bin one day. I think it was like a punnet of strawberries. I'd finished a punnet of strawberries and I went to put them in the recycle and she said, oh no, you can't do that if it's got like any remnants of the strawberry juice or the stalks or anything like that. It's They're really kind of strict on recycling rules. And I kind of thought, oh, but like this is plastic. Like if I gave it a wash out, would I be okay? And I think once they were washed out or once she done something they were okay and it sort of led us into this really big and what I found really interesting conversation about what you can recycle what you can compost what you can throw in the rubbish bin and all the things that you can't so I kind of said to myself right I'm going to really make an effort and it wasn't really it was just of laziness that I hadn't previously like in our house we didn't have a recycle bin we didn't have an area where we could recycle we just had like under the kitchen cupboard kind of thing where our bin was so I hadn't really put much effort into it and so last year I really went anything that I'm using that's plastic that's glass that's bottles all that sort of thing inside of the toilet rolls the kitchen roll put it all in the recycle plastic bottles so I make a point of doing that now and if I have something like a glass jar that's had like a relish or something in it I'll wash it all out and I'll peel all the labels off and that sort of thing and put them in the recycle but what I found like I really make an effort to do it in fact I just took a huge big bag down to the recycle today which was a brown paper bag so I made sure even the bag was recyclable but I find it really hard to do the right thing because even something as simple as recycling wrapping paper if you've been a birthday or Christmas if it's got the cell tape on it that's not recyclable and that's supposed to go in the rubbish bin and so you try to do the right thing and it's not the right thing Mm. and the conversation that my friend at work and I had was that well there are now people like employed to do that so if you send all your recycling in the recycling bin people then go through it all and so you are doing the right thing and at least you're preventing what's going into landfill but then they've just got to get rid of the sticky tape or whatever it is I really try really hard to do the right thing but sometimes I don't actually know if I am because there's Mm. so many rules and regulations around what can go in and what can't go in that I don't know how anyone can do it properly. No and one of my work colleagues who works out in our garden she gets almost heartbroken when people put things in the wrong bin cavity and it's really hard because I've said to her look they probably don't know and honestly even with the wrapping paper as you were just saying there I wouldn't always know yeah and someone put a coffee mug in our worm farm the other day Uh because it looks like a bin yeah and She was devastated and I was like, well, again, just it's so hard because you do things and then when you do it sometimes you're just like, oh, God, I've got to now go down to get into there to get it out if it's in the wrong place or you just don't realise at all. So it's it's hard to do the right thing and it's hard to do it 100% of the time. Yes, yeah. And I think if you do small steps, I suppose like I do, like you do, where you – 
consciously think about it, then that's better than just throwing all your glass and whatnot into the bin and then that going into landfill where it is going to cause problems. Yeah, it's true. I'm going to go down a slightly deviation path now about how you feel about getting a repurposed gift or would you repurpose one? Yeah, actually, I just got a book from my sister for my birthday that she was a book that I can't remember if she bought for herself or was given, but it's a book that she had that she's read that she's now given to me. And one of my friends, Mel, and I do this every now and then. She'll say, oh, I've got these books that you should read. And we always sort of give them back to each other. Actually, that reminds me, I think I have a book of hers that I need to give back to her. But that's not a gift so much as just, you know, you're passing it on. But yeah, yeah, no, this book from my sister was a gift. And I think it's a great idea. I think if you, particularly something that you might only use once, like a book, you might read a book once and then you've read the story and then you move on to another thing. I think it's always a good idea to repurpose that. Or if it's something you get given that you know you're not going to use, it could have better use somewhere else but I'm also a bit of a hoarder and I get sentimental about stuff like for example there's an envelope that my mum I think it was a Christmas card or a birthday card just from this year that my mum wrote on it and she wrote my name with a little love heart next to it on the envelope and I know it's my mum's handwriting and I've kept the envelope it's in my drawer it's got nothing in it but I don't want to throw it out because it's it's from my mum and I'm just sentimental about that sort of thing yeah sometimes I won't repurpose things even if I don't use them because they have sentimental value behind them and you know what I totally get that Mm. and it's hard because sometimes I feel you have to justify it because someone else in the house is like why are you keeping that and I have a special book with special things that mean yeah. something to me and only to me. Yeah. And if yeah, if I died tomorrow, no one would care. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's hard, but I still can't let go of it. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it, it is hard and you don't want to let go of things. But I also feel a sense of guilt. I actually don't think I ever have re-gifted something that I've been given because I do feel a sense of guilt behind it that Mm. what if the person who gave it to me was to find out yes or maybe I should be more thinking what's it like I should be thinking more about the person I'm gifting it to and thinking about them and getting something new for them rather than just giving them something that I have given and don't use well we have been trying to do this in our friendship group repurposing gifts and when you are actively doing it, so everybody knows you're doing it, it's also a difficult conversation because if I say, Kirsty, here's this thing that I don't like that I was given that I'm giving to you, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, it feels like you're only giving it to them because you don't want it rather than because you think they would enjoy it. That's right. So what I have done for my girlfriend Arka's birthday is in two weeks' time and I have for some years now I've actually bought her secondhand things. And I do, and I'm very specific about Arca in particular because Arca has a set wardrobe and I think I buy her things that are probably slightly more flamboyant or a little bit sexier than she would ever buy herself. She would just not. And I have bought her, I know over the years, because she wears them and I love that she wears them. And she says to me, that's her comment to me. She said, you get me things that I wouldn't get for myself. myself. And I never feel bad because I do it for Lizzie, my niece, and this is hard because she's 21. But my attitude is if it costs me less than $5, if she doesn't like it and then she passes it back to Vinny's or Arca doesn't like it, then I've lost hardly anything. But I always try and pick something that is secondhand to start with that I think will look well on the person. Yeah, sure. If that makes sense. But the other thing I did, and this was someone else's idea and I loved it, was that I had have another friend, Serena, who spent a whole year trying to give away a thousand something every day right so something from the house every day part of that repurposing and for her birthday I wrote her a testimonial on her website because that's a really that's 
a great gift that cost me nothing. Yeah. Matters to her personally and professionally. And I sat there and thought for someone, because I know she's trying to give away things, so she doesn't want stuff. Yes. But it's something I could give her that has value but is not actually a tangible item. Yeah, sure. Yes, I like that too. And I like the thought of trying to find ways of, I suppose it's not repurposing, but thinking outside the box to not have to buy something new. Yeah, there's a couple of things I want to bring up here on repurposing, reusing specifically, I suppose recycling as well. But one of my girlfriends, Ellie and I were talking the other day, we work in news and there was a story about an 82-year-old woman whose house had burnt down really suddenly and she lost everything but the clothes on her back. And Ellie said to me, oh, this is horrendous. And she said, I've got a bunch of clothes that I need to give away. I wonder if I can give them to her somehow. I mean, Ellie's in her 20s and this lady's 82 so there may be things that might not work but there may be there may be t-shirts or trousers or things that would work really well and it got us talking about an organization called dress for success i don't know if you've heard about this but dress for success is a global thing and they do operate in australia as well I don't think they have a Canberra office, but they know. I know they do in Sydney. And it's this company that helps and supports women in particular that have maybe come from difficult backgrounds or domestic violence situations or that sort of thing that are struggling to get work but want to try and rebuild their life. And people donate really, really great and well-looked-after work clothing to this organisation and these women go in and they get a bit of a makeover. But it's repurposed and reusing people's clothing. And so you can donate the clothing and then these women go in and there's various things that the organization does like interview training and skill upskilling and that sort of thing for these people. But a big part of it is making them feel confident by dressing them professionally so that when they go to their interview, they've got their hair and their makeup and their outfit done so they feel more confident and they radiate confidence and I suppose their studies and statistics have proven that they've been more likely to be given a job if they present in that way. It makes such a difference. I really love the idea. And we got talking about this just the other day. And I said to Ellie, maybe this is an option. Maybe you could do this. Because she said, and this really got me. She said, I like giving things away, but I don't like giving things away that other people still have to pay for. Mm. I would rather give it away that someone can use for free. And I was like, what a like very humble and kind of very altruistic way of thinking. Like, I often, I mean, just the other week, I gave two big bags full of my old clothes to the Salvos. But even then, they still have to pay for them. Even like those shoes we talked about at the beginning, they were still $35 when they could have been potentially free if they were given in a different way. So I really like that. So I that's kind of a big thing. There are lots of organizations and there are lots of good that you can do with reduce and reuse and repurpose. And the other thing that got me thinking was on sites like Gumtree. I feel like this is something that we forget about a lot, like the marketplace on Facebook or Gumtree or any of these sorts of giveaway sites and payment sites where it's not usually clothes, but it's furniture or it's beds. I mean, one of the beds that we bought, we bought off Gumtree. I think it was a bed frame that we got for $40 or something like that. And we went and picked it up. And I suppose for some people, it's a good way to make a little bit of extra cash. But at the same time, it's giving away stuff that they're otherwise not using. Mm. Like, it's just such a good idea, I think. Are you in the buy nothing groups? No. Oh, my goodness. Even now it's regional. So mine is just like the four suburbs surrounding me and it's it's things that people are giving away for free. Ah. Now, it's wonderful. Yeah. And basically everybody puts their name down and says, yes, I'd like to be considered. And they try and make it random because you can imagine that yeah. for certain things there's a huge demand. Other things there's not so much. It just depends. But... I again was talking about this with our gardening lady this morning who was saying how she'd seen this person was giving away something and it was an invasive species. And so there's considerations around it 
and there's some wonderful admins, but the groups are fantastic. And funnily enough, and this is going to sound so random, oh, I'm going to just admit up to it. I bought a male mannequin, which is in my studio. You'll see it when oh, we really? are in my studio at another time. So he's dressed in vintage clothing and I got him from the buy nothing. So he cost me nothing. Right. Okay. And I had him actually driving in my car in the front passenger oh, seat. Goodness. I loved it. I thought it was fabulous yeah so yeah you can pick up all sorts of eclectic things and it was something that wasn't not a lot of people wanted but I love him (laughs) yeah oh that's the thing and I mean I think sometimes and same as like the buy swap and sell and like you find things that you maybe weren't expecting Mm. but this is where I won't use them unless I'm looking for something in particular I wouldn't kind of just scroll out of random interest to see what I could find Mm. because I don't need it you know what I mean whereas if I was looking for something for example if we needed a new coffee table or a new couch or something that's when I would go okay I'm going to go and have a look at buy stop and sell or the or the marketplace or gumtree or whatever site it might be Mm. because I'm in need of something particular and this is again when it comes down to your values towards it because if I buy something from Vinnie's I never plan to sell it on for a profit but of course I now work in a business where exactly that happens so it's interesting dynamic I don't believe in buying things if I don't buy them for me or to gift to somebody else so I have strong similar values and the other thing about the buy nothing group and it's a very important point is that one of the things that they do on there and I love it is if they have food that's coming up to being near expiry date and they won't eat it or one that's often is that pet dies and you've got all this pet food and I've just done the same thing with my own pet it's a place where you can pass it on yeah and I don't want to put that in the bin yeah I wanted someone else to to use use it yeah so it's so that's often and I love that because I'd like to think I would never go on there for food myself when I can afford to buy it but I like to think that if someone's got a freezer load that they need to get rid of because their freezer isn't working or something like that that at least it maybe is going to someone who needs it yeah definitely it's a sensitive and difficult conversation but at Christmas time, I gave Aka, who I just mentioned already, she's got a puppy, and I gave her all of my leftover Zeus treats, Zeus oh, toys, yeah. etc. And she gave me a big hug because yeah. special dog with two of us. And then she sent me the next day her dog playing with one of the toys. And yeah. Kirsty, it was the best. Yeah. And if yeah. that's what repurposing does, then yeah. that makes me very happy. And it's so much better than just having put it in the bin yeah that's right I think it's also being able to share memories like I yeah I would find that very hard as well giving away like for example we still have or mum still has in the underneath her sink our dog's water bowls or at least one of them and the food bowls I think again at least one of them still under the cupboard if obviously they got another dog they would reuse it but I don't think there's been anyone that they've known to give it to dog bowls are often things that people buy straight away whereas toys and treats and food you kind of get more over time but yeah no I would do the same I think there should be more of it I think maybe that and I think there still is that stigma behind oh this was somebody else's or but you know in saying that we do a and I think I'm going to do this this year each year at work, we do a steal a Santa. I don't know if you've heard of the steal. No. So it's secret Santa, like Chris Kringle, exactly that. But instead of getting somebody's name and buying for them with a $20 limit or whatever, you there's a big group of us. I think there was probably 20 of us at work that took part. You all buy a gift. I think our budget was 20 bucks or 30 bucks. You all buy a gift and then you wrap it up. And the way it works is on the day, somebody writes numbers in a hat and you just pick out a number from one to 20 and whoever goes first. So if I got number one, I could pick whatever gift I want I would open it up and then I get that gift but the person who's got two to 20 could either steal my gift if they really liked it or they could open one of their own ones and it's a really really fun idea if you've got a big group and I've found I've always found that I'm like okay 
when it comes to these secret Santa things or Kris Kringle or whatever, particularly when it's one that you don't have a person in mind for that it could be anyone, I always think, well, what would I want? Like, what would I be happy to get? Because if someone doesn't like it, I will just open that gift or I can steal that gift. Like if the person gets it and goes, oh, I didn't want this, then I would just go and take it and be like, oh, this is really exciting for me. And no one knows who's brought what gift. Anyway, what I've noticed over the last couple of years that we've done it is there's always a huge variation. You can tell who's stuck to the limit and who hasn't. Oh, and, that's difficult. Yeah, and I've kind of looked at some of the stuff. And I've bought, like one time I bought something that I think was $30 and it happened to be on sale. So I actually went over the limit, but I got it for within the limit. The point being it was valued at much more than what the limit was. But I thought doesn't matter. Again, I would like this gift that will take part in that. And some of the gifts that were there, one of my colleagues said to me, oh, mine only cost me $14. And I was like, but you're supposed to spend 20. It's not like 20 or under. There was like 20. <laughs> and so somebody had bought something for $14 and someone else had bought something that was on sale from 35 or whatnot. It's then not mm. a fair game, you know. Yeah, I understand. Um, that's one side of things. But where I was going with that is one of the gifts at our Secret Santa last year was a Google Mini, like one of those you know those like oh yeah you can speak to it at home and get it to play music yeah yeah. it was a google mini one of those electronic things that yeah you can talk to and it plays music and it can dim your lights and all that sort of thing like one of these quite high tech Mm. things and of course everyone wanted to steal that when someone opened it it got stolen a couple of times actually but all of us sat there and went and I don't know who brought it but no way was that that price like no way was that under $20 and I think probably what happened is that was a re-gift I think that the person who got yep. I think what probably happened was that person maybe already had one or did would not use it so they thought well I'm not going to go and spend $20 on a gift for our Christmas work thing instead I'll just repurpose this gift that I've been given and of course it was the gift that everybody wanted because they knew like it was obviously well over the price limit but that I found interesting too there was an obvious re-gifting there another one of my friends bought and I liked this too particularly in COVID times bought local coffee $20 worth of local coffee is a lot of local coffee and I really like that too because it I mean aside from that it was supporting local business whether they would drink the coffee or not they were kind of like well I would have stolen it yeah exactly exactly it's yeah so just a really good idea but yeah it was the Google Home Mini or whatever they're called and I went someone has repurposed that I think they've been given it they either don't want it or they've already got one and so they're passing it on well on my side we did Secret Santa at work and we had a $20 limit and I got given a young girl at work who has just bought a gramophone. Oh, okay. And was the perfect person for me. But she's been out hunting the 78 records and I'd spoken to her mum. So she's 16. Her mum was saying, oh, we've been going out and they're $10 or whatever at Vinnie's. But I happened to have some at home. Right. So I actually didn't buy her a gift. I gave her four of my Yours, records. Yeah. She was delighted. Yeah. And I kind of justified it in my head thinking, okay, if she'd gone out and got them for $5 each, she would have got four for 20. And what I knew she wanted as a gift, having this thing that she was trying to track down, I actually ended up buying two secret Santas. So one was purchased and both of those gifts, what I did was I've been buying scarves second hands. Oh my mm. God, Kirsty, you can get the most amazing scarves. Mm-hmm. I've got Oriton, I've got Ned oh, Harry. Amazing. I know I've got this array. So I have a box full of gift scarves that I repurpose and I wrap the gift in a scarf oh beautiful that's nice I love doing that too two gifts in one it is two gifts in one I think we're probably about ready to wrap up yeah so before we finish I have something to give you 
Oh, okay. I know you're not expecting this. And no. I was going to give this to you at Christmas and oh. I felt self-conscious about it. Right. And it's we've had all this discussion around it and it's been in my mind because I was like, I don't know how she's going to take it. I don't know if she's going to like it. I don't know if it's going to come off the right way. I don't know if it's going to be... Anyway, it's been sitting in my bedroom for the last three months. Oh, wow. And... Oh, I know. I'm looking around and being like, what is this? Oh, okay, everyone. It's, a, it's in a white box. It's in a small white box. Do I open it? Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. So that was oh, my yeah. grandmother's. Oh, stop. And I don't wear gold. And it's just so beautiful and it's so fine and it's so delicate. And even when I had it, I've been looking at it going, oh, my God, it looks so pretty on Kirsty. Oh, and stop. I, and well, I can't do that. Oh, I can do that because the oh. thing is I've had this for more than 10 years, Kirsty. Yeah. And it's just sat in my jewellery box and I've never worn it, never put it on. And I felt really strangely self-conscious to give it to you. No. but. For such a long time, I've sat there and thought, God, that would look nice on her. Oh, and, that's beautiful. You know, I could I – could, take that in and repurpose the gold. Yeah. But I would rather that it went to you that hopefully you might like it and wear it. And it also has a heart on it. I do. I love the hearts. If it was not so dainty and beautiful. Anyway, so I am repurposing to end this episode. Oh, you didn't have to do that. And it's beautiful. And I feel terribly guilty having it because I feel like... No, it actually means a huge amount to me because... I have some beautiful jewellery. One of my rings that I wear is is my favourite thing that was also this grandmother's. But that's not me. Right, okay. And it's nice then to yeah, pass on to someone. I really yeah, like the thought true. that it'd look well on you yes, and I'll then there's this historical connection to yeah. it too. Yeah, oh, thank you. Anyway, so... Very kind. We're going to have to stop before we both start. First yes, the interviews. Yes. <laughs> we will do our next episode, episode 11, series 3. We'll be talking about expectations. Yeah. That wraps up another episode of 2040, a podcast celebrating friendship across generations. You can contact Jen or I via our 20-40 Facebook page or email 20-40 at gmail.com. We love your feedback, thoughts, questions and ideas for future podcasts. Thank you for listening.